Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osman, here with my friend, Chabruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Kiddushin Zap Ayin Hay, page 74. Well, we're about 10 days away from finishing our Masachet of Kiddushin and actually of finishing our second Seder of all our study of Daf Yomi, which is the Seder Nashim. Uh, we hope to, God willing, be having a seum with our Talking Talmud family on November 5th. Uh, more details will follow in the next couple of days. Uh, but please already mark on your calendars that November 5th, we'll be having our seum on Kiddushin and on Seder Nashim. And we hope to see you all there and hope some of you will already get your Torah that you would like to share uh, ready for that particular seum. Um, I'm going to jump ahead now. And in the middle of this staff, we have a new Mishnah. And it continues our theme of sort of who is allowed to marry who. And the Mishnah reads as follows. So anybody who's prohibited from entering the congregation, meaning cannot marry a Jew who has unflawed lineage, they are permitted to marry into each other's families, right? So in other words, if you can't marry everybody, right, if there's some prohibition on who you can marry, those people can marry each other. The prohibited, the people who are prohibited from marrying certain people, they can all marry each other. Rabbi Yehuda Oser, but Rabbi Yehuda says no. Now, a lot of what the Gemara is going to spend time on, and Anne, I know this is the part you're going to talk about, is what does this mean, this statement of the Mishnah of Rabbi Yehuda Oser? What exactly is he saying is prohibited, right? It's, it's a very, very vague sen- sentence in the Mishnah itself. Uh, so, so far, we have two opinions in this Mishnah. We have the Tanakhama and we have Rabbi Yehuda. Then we get to the third opinion, which is Rabbi Eliezer. And Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Vadan bevadan mutar, Vadan bespeken, bespeken bevadan, uspeken bespeken asor. Right? So he says those with definite sort of, uh, you know, which means a, a definite questionable part of your, you know, lineage, uh, or let's say a definite flawed lineage, can marry those also with a definite flawed lineage. So that would mean, for example, two Manzerim could get married to each other, okay? But, so that that is allowed. But if you have somebody with a definite uh, lineage issue, right, like somebody who's a Manzer, can, you know, with, who wants to marry somebody where it's a question more of an uncertainty, right? Like a child, you know, we talked about this yesterday, like a Shizuki, somebody who, the paternity is unknown, right? Or the Asufi or, you know, a baby who is just found. Right? Or uh, somebody who, again, is in this uncertain category, wants to marry somebody with a definite known issue with their lineage. Right? Or two people who, let's say, each have this, you know, uncertain lineage. Those are the marriages that are a sword. That is not allowed, Okay. What's very interesting of Rabbi Eliezer here is that it makes sense Vadan and Vadan, right? Definite and definite can get married. And that maybe you can understand what Rabbi Eliezer says, you can't mix Vadan bespeken with spaken with Vadan. But this last part of Rabbi Eliezer, where he says even spaken with spaken, that is a problem. The Eluhain has spekot. And then the Mishnah goes on to list what are considered the spekot, right? A Shatuki and a Sufi and a Kuti. Uh, so a Kuti, we know, was a Samaritan. Um, and, uh, you know, so this becomes an issue, you know, sort of, uh, you know, so the Kutim sort of kept some forms of halacha, but they were not really considered to be fully Jewish. 
Um, and, you know, I guess the question I would have for Rabbi Eliezer when you read this is, so were Spakin allowed to marry anybody, right? It seems from according to Rabbi Eliezer's opinion that they couldn't marry anyone. So again, we have this Mishnah with three opinions, the Tanakhama, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yehuda, excuse me, and Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yehuda's statement is very, you know, unclear what part is, what exactly is Esther. And if you read Rabbi Eliezer's, you know, it, it makes sense, but there seems to be, at least for me, sort of this huge category of spaken with spaken that he even says that that is Asur. And so my question would be for that category of the spaken of the Shaduki, Asufi, and Kuti, right? Who were they allowed to actually marry? Maybe a Shaduki could marry Shaduki, but uh, it seems clear, at least from Rabbi Eliezer, from the initial reading, a Shaduki certainly could not marry an Asufi. But you know, this is really a Mishnah where I think we see we're going to need Gemara in order to understand what exactly it's trying to say. So that's certainly why we're going to do a little bit of the Gemara now. I, I also just was thinking about this as you were talking, right? The What does it mean for a society that has categories of people who can't marry each other? And we're talking about, I would imagine, relatively small populations of each of these kinds of groups. So like, you know, what do you have? A Stuki convention? Like, it, it's difficult. It's a difficult kind of limitation. And I wondered to what, you know, whether this is the kind of thing that was practiced more in the breach, right? Because, you know, if people didn't know, you know, then I don't mean that people wouldn't have taken seriously, but I, I wonder if the, if it was by design that, it, that people were not supposed to walk around, you know, with the, holding a sign above their head saying what their status is. Um, I want to, if you look further down, I mean, I'm on, I'm a bet. I'm picking up the piece where it says, Ella Amarav Natan Bar Hoshaya. So we're talking here about, you know, what does the Tana mean in this Mishnah? As you didn't, as you just said, it's very complicated and, and obscure. It does not seem to be straight talk. So Rav Natan Bar Hoshaya is going to ex- explicate for us a small piece of what the Tana and the Mishnah is saying, namely, So he says that the Mishnah is saying that anybody, about where the halacha is that the Kohen cannot marry that daughter, right? The daughter of whichever man, right? So if Nathan Baroshaya says, you know, who are we talking about? Namely, So if you have a convert who marries, a male convert who marries a female convert, which lines up with the opinion of Rebbe ben Yaakov, who said that the daughter of two converts can marry a Kohen. Meaning, like the because the Kohen, because I'm sorry, because the convert plus convert relationship is totally fine, then the offspring of such a union, a daughter, can marry a Kohen because there's no, it's not problematic, right? And then we're going to end up going back to, you know, try to figure out more about what's going on in the Mishnah. But the point is that because these two people are permitted to marry, then they, they kind of, um, redeem, I don't mean in a halakhic sense redeem, I just mean, you know, um, in a in a practical sense, you know, then the next generation can marry basically anybody. Uh, not quite, but basically. And so then the Gemara says, well, one second, we know that if you have somebody who um, cannot marry or whom the daughter of a Kohen cannot marry, right, then that person would still be permitted to marry 
those families that are not permitted to marry let's read it inside and make sure that we get all the personalities right anybody who is not permitted to marry the daughter of a Kohen those people can marry each other right if you have difficult statuses but the people with the difficult statuses can all marry each other Again, what are they having conventions? So, for example, you have a Kohen who is disqualified from being and functioning as a Kohen. So he's called a Chalal. Now, he marries, let's say, a regular Jewish woman, not about Kohen per se, right? Because the Chalal priest cannot marry about Kohen. Um have I said this right? One second. The Kohen would be not permitted to marry the daughter of the Chalal, because she then also is a Chalal. And then you end up with people who not only can they not marry the Kohanim, they also can't marry each other, which is a different view than what we've seen already. Right? The idea that you have these people who have prohibitions against entry to marrying Jews who don't have problem statuses. And so then we thought they could marry each other, but it seems that that is not always going to be acceptable. The Gemara says, no, nah, but don't worry about that problem. The fact that it seems we've got a contradiction here. Because really, the view that they could not marry um, the people with the problematic statuses is in the, uh, it lines up with the opinion of Rev Dostai ben Yehuda, who said, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry, we've got two different views. One is that they can marry the daughter of a Kohen, and one is that they cannot. And so the view that is that says they that is more permissive that said they could marry, so isn't that called into question by the view that says they cannot? And the Gemara says, Don't worry, Rav Dostai ben Yehuda says that the daughter of a halal and a Jewish woman, meaning the halal married a Jewish woman, not the daughter of a Kohen, but still, right? The, that child is still gonna be a halal. Um, that person is permitted. Meaning she can is permitted to marry a Kohen. So let's do the math again, the equation, namely the daughter of a halal and um and a Jewish woman, meaning the halal marries somebody who's got no problematic status. The child of that can then go uh, the daughter of that that union can then go and marry a Kohen. The Gemara says one second, Well, isn't that a case? Or we've talked elsewhere about a case of a halal who marries a halala and that the Kohen cannot marry the daughter of a halal and a halala. The Kohen asur li sabito. Vasur nami lavoza bazeh. And likewise, that same daughter of the halal and the halala cannot marry, again, somebody with the same status. Vitu hamutar asur. And beyond that, can't we infer from this that when you have a permitted status, right, for a Kohen who's going to marry the daughter, it can't, isn't he then going to be prohibited from marrying anybody with this problematic lineage? But we have a, a case, right, where we said a Kohen, I'm sorry, a convert marries a Jewish woman, no status issues. The Kohen can then marry the daughter of that Gare who married the Jewish woman, meaning that union was permitted. The, the progeny of that union can marry a Kohen. And still, right, the, still the, the concern was that those people who end up with being the, the next generation of problematic statuses becomes a question over are they going to be able to marry into regular Jewish families or do they have to stick with each other?
Um, and so this is where I have one more line. Ella Amar of Nachman, Amar Rabbi Baravua. This is what he said. Hacha mamzer meachoto umamzer meishet ish ikebenaihu. So we have, you know, we're talking about a different case to provide an explanation to this particular dispute. Namely, you're talking, understand it to be that you're talking about a mamzer that came about where the why was a person a mamzer because it was incest, a case of incest. And so therefore, when you're talking about a mamzer that comes from not incest, but an affair, that's a different kind of mamzer. And so he reads the case about the halal and the halala and every, all of these different cases of when can you marry um, into, you know, into kahal Hashem, into among the regular Jewish people, and when can you not, to be the difference as between the child of an affair versus the child of incest, which I think is, you know, it, it's like a, it's like a totally new landscape. And then the Gemara stops. Like we're not really delving into it at this time. I find that to be kind of a tease. Um, and also, you know, it leaves the whole thing kind of up in the air for our purposes, except for that we're going to go on anyway. Yeah. I, I think what's also just interesting about this stuff is it really is, you know, paying attention to like that there were really all different types of Jews who sort of made up the Jewish nation. And yet this, this is the halachic implication of that mixture. Right. Which is why I wonder how much, who kept what, how much. Right. We ask this question nowadays too. Well, I'm going to guess the people with the better lineage, they did more of the asking, you know, the people with flawed lineage, they didn't ask too many questions. Right, but even nowadays, right? Like there are times where a Kohen falls in love with a divorcee, right? Like meaning we have real cases like that. Yeah, I, I think that's true. But it's, it's I don't know, there's something about it that it's like interesting to see the world of the mission and the Gemara actually talk in that same way. Well, that's our top discussion for the day. Rankers review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Barber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the stuff on our Talking Time and Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.